0: Good morning. good morning am I on I am on okay this is uh, communion Sunday and as you know we do communion Sunday here um, the first Sunday of every month and the leaders take turns we get up here two, two or three times during the year um, I take it very seriously and, 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 and I pray before I give you know the message, before we, we do the communion, um, because and I, I know this is just a, a remembrance type thing, but it's remembrance of the greatest act of love ever. Um, and so if there's a message that the Lord has with this, I, I want to know. And, and uh, so as I was praying about it, the Lord said he did have a message and... and um, and then it was going to be more than just a five-minute message. So, I've been up here two or three different times. Each time I've been up here, it was because a pastor asked me to come up and, and say, and, and so I tried to be obedient. And this isn't really my comfort zone, as many of you know. I'm the finance guy. I'm due to finances here at the church. So, um, but the pastor asked me, I, but it's been a while. It's probably been about a year since I've been up here, so. Um, but this time is different in that it was the Lord, and I asked the pastor. Um, the Lord has a message for the church, and so, so I want to start off, well, let me start off in just prayer. Uh, dear Lord, we just, uh, I thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the message that you've given the church here. I just ask that you speak through me and open the eyes and ears of our hearts so that we hear what we have from you this day, amen. Okay, um, throughout the word, the Lord speaks to nations, and he speaks to cities, and he speaks to, to churches in cities. Um, best example that I can think of off the top of my head is in the first few chapters of Revelations. He talks to the, you the know, Church of Ephesus, and the church at Laodicea, and the church at at Philadelphia, uh, about seven churches that he talks to. And I've thought about that, and I was like, you're talking to the entire church. Well, you look at our church, and there's people in all kind of different aspects. Some are just following after the Lord. Some are disregarding some, you know, whatever, and... and and but he speaks to the entire church body which almost to me doesn't seem fair you know you speak to larry the same way you're going to speak to somebody that's just coming once every other month or whatever and and so when i've thought about that i thought well it's the body if if you look at first corinthians 12 and he talks about the body he's the head and we are the body so he's addressing the body, and, and we all play a part in that body. So we are the church here in Utica, right? We're the church here in Utica. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to I'm gonna ask you this question, and um, don't feel any peer pressure from anybody, and if you're visiting or if you're new um, and, you, and you don't feel comfortable with it, then, then don't. But I want to know, raise of hands and keep your hands up, if this is your church body, you would say, I, I am part of this church family. Let's see, raise of hands, everybody that's part of this church family. Okay, I'm going to look over. This is good. I was a little, con- little concerned that maybe they didn't have their hands up, but that's good. That's our pastor and his wife. That's good. Charlie's got his hands on That's good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. So, so I know who we're addressing, who the Lord wants to address is Grace Point Community Church. And the title of my message, or the message that he has, is, is Are We Ready? Um, and by that, and as I started to look at where the world is at this point, um, I could have spent the entire message talking about, just kind of waking us up a little bit about what, what we're doing. I mean, we've for 50 years, been killing babies in the womb. We, we, um, we are we are now defunding police here in america this lawlessness increases um probably one of the biggest things that just amazes me over the last like couple decades what's happened with the the whole i don't even know how you pronounce it now lbgt whatever um to where you know there's um this thing about men and man together and women and women together and and, and, and that has just exploded over the last decade or two. I mean, those who have publicly voted against it now publicly vote to it. Um, the majority of Americans now believe that a man and a man and a woman and a woman, that that should be a sanctioned marriage. Um, so we're up against a, a lot of different things. Just even the... the um, and let me go ahead and make sure I get this right, because this is all kind of new jargon to me. Uh, over 50% of Gen, Gen Zers, which I guess is the age of 10 to 25, and there's a lot about Gen Zers, because what people want us to do is see what the Gen Zers are doing and change what we're doing to match up, because they're the future. And over 50% of Gen Zers believe that gender binary is outdated do you know what that means gender binary is outdated the majority are saying gender binary is outdated meaning that whether you're a male or a female that is the past and and now we're non-binary meaning that we don't know what we are and I you know I'm thinking about as they grow up and they become say, you know, animal, they, they, let's, let's say they're doing something with the animal, I bring my animal to them and they're, they're the ones that are, 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 are treating them and, and they ask me, was well, this a male or a female dog? And it, it's non-binary. No, there's no, there's, there's no such thing as a non-binary animal There's no such thing as a non-binary person, but that's the world we're living in now. And this is coming full swing around, and are we ready? Are we ready to be persecuted? Are we ready to stand on what we know? Um, The latest thing that I'd heard of, and I kind of brought it with me, and this is the last thing I'll do on this, so I don't take too much of my time here. Um, Everybody knows, you know, about 20 years ago or so, 9-1-1 911, but this year on 912, there was a presidential executive order. I don't know if you're familiar with this, um, but in that order, our president said, "For biotechnical and biomanufacturing to help us achieve our societal goals, the United States needs to invest in foundational scientific capabilities. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies." And techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and pre- predictability program biology the same way in which we write software and program computers. Basically, what he's talking about here, and in this executive order, he, he tried to, uh, or didn't try, but is saying, okay, we're gonna uh, remove the barriers. And matter of fact, it says, um, to unlock the power of biological data, including through computing tools, artificial intelligence, and advance the science of scale-up production while reducing the obstacles, reducing the obstacles, meaning that we're gonna get this thing going, and the goal, part of the goal is transhumanism, which transhumanism, they're very interested in what they call the three supers, super longevity, super health, super intelligence, so what we're talking about here, and we're right on the cusp of this, is they're putting in things into your body that are gonna help with, okay, they'll let you know whether you have cancer, and then you can take such and such, and, 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 and there's different things like that, and some of this stuff sounds really promising. Um, the problem is, when you're talking about super longevity, super intelligence, you put a chip in you that so you can move like a computer, um that's some scary stuff what we're doing is we're becoming god we're trying to take god's place we need to know we need to hear from the lord and and know what's right and what's what's not right so there's a lot of things that we're right on the cusp i think we're like the proverbial frog um, that has been um slowly been just kind of in that hot water boiling and I think we're at a, at a boiling peak right now. So if we answer that question and say, are we ready? Are we ready to stand? Uh, are we courageous? Are we ready to lose our jobs for what we need to do? Are, are we as a church ready to, to, to stand forward? Are we ready to be um, that? I tell you what, the world needs the truth. Are we ready to be that truth? And that's 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 the question you can you can ask that question am i ready and i'm speaking to myself also or you can ask it for the overall body are we ready um and if your answer is coming up short then the question then is um what is missing so i want to talk a little bit about that what what would be missing if we're coming up if we look at our overall body Grace Point Community Church, and we say, "Well, I don't know." Then, 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 what's missing? So, if we look at that individually, um, it could be a number of different things. We could look at, let's just say, forgiveness. All right. If you don't have, if you, if you have unforgiveness in your heart, that could be a blockage right there. Right? How about willful sin, unholiness? Without holiness, nobody sees the Lord. Right? That could be a blockage. Lack of faith, lack of time in the word. How about those that are maybe in the word, um, but as James says in the first chapter of James, um, maybe deceiving themselves because you're in the word, but you're not actually doing the word. Um, So we could have a number of things that we could say, well, yeah, these are things that are missing that are uh, being a stumbling block for us. I'd say overall, for the church body, and this is what the Lord gave me, is two things. Two things that are missing. All right, And this is overall church body. Maybe not you individually, overall church body. The first, and the Lord talks about this, and he, and he demonstrated in himself the need for his presence, the need for the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. The Lord even says, I'm going away. It's better for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, you're not going to have the Holy Spirit. So we need that Holy Spirit. We need the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Um, And then the other thing, and this is what it comes down to, is communion. Now, do we need this wafer and this little drink here? No, we need the communion with our God. He gave us that opportunity and we are not taking advantage of it. Definition of communion. The sharing or exchanging of intimate thoughts and feelings on a mental or spiritual level. The Lord loves us so much and he wants that communion. Okay, wouldn't... When we, when we love somebody, and this is the Lord with us, he, he loves us so much. When you love somebody, you pursue them. You think about you're, if you're married, like when you were, when you were dating, you, you pursue the one you love. The Lord's pursuing us. Are we pursuing the Lord? We want to spend time with the person that we love. The Lord wants to spend time with us. I I love this lady here, Miss Linda. I thank you for showing up even though you weren't feeling too well. I appreciate that. Linda and I, the Lord's taken us, and some of you know a little bit about our life over the last year or two. It's just been a roller coaster. We're just on this ride with the Lord. It's it's fun. Um, But the latest thing was we had a house for a couple years down in uh, a little double wide down in Florida. Um, We just sold that. Through that whole endeavor over the last month, um, we drove back and forth from here down to Daytona Beach a couple of times. Um, and then what we had planned while we were down there because we were so close to the um, Cape Canaveral. We were gonna do a little weekend cruise for our anniversary while we had our place, but then we sold the place because people were displaced and we couldn't <coughs> not give the place to them. So anyhow, between the trip, that was 50 hours approximately of driving back and forth together. And then on the ship, we didn't even share dinner with other people like you typically do because they messed up our dinner thing. And so we got like a, a window seat, just the two of us. So we've spent so much time together and she didn't kill me. And she, didn't, she didn't throw me out of the car any of these trips or anything yeah. We actually... Um, we learned to love each other even more, didn't we? It was just an awesome, we have just had an awesome time together. We've been together for, what, 34 years? Um, and it's getting better, because we love each other. And, and the Lord wants that. The Lord, even when he's addressing one of the churches, he says, but what I hold against you is you've lost your first love. He wants to spend that time. So he's pursuing us. He wants to spend that time with us. And then when you love somebody, you tell people about that person. I I tell you about my my love of my life right here. We we need to tell people about the Lord. So um, just a couple other things. Let me see where I'm at time-wise. Okay. Um, Okay, so what is the first commandment? All right, are we under the commandments? Right. No, no, not not we're not we're not under that because of what Jesus did. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said, "I didn't come the, to abolish the law; I came to fulfill it." Right. So, how does that work with the commandments? They're in our heart now. They're supposed to be in our heart, right? So we love the Lord, the God, with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind. Um, that's supposed to be in our heart now. That's with the, the filling of the Holy Spirit and why we need that. Um, Jesus even said, I can do nothing by myself but only what the Father does. He has this intimate relationship. All right, I'm trying my best, especially in the beginning here, not to read too many scriptures. I have a tendency to do that, mainly because I want to make sure that you know that what I'm saying is not from me, but it is from the Lord. Um, but I am going to read here scripture that you guys are very familiar with. Most of you, probably. In Luke 10, 38-42. And as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Let me repeat that. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he had said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. And what was Jesus' response? Martha, Martha, Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. We need to do that. If people would, um, and like I said, this is for the body, and I'm part of that body, so I'm listening to myself, what the Lord has here, too. If people would say, okay, I'm describing Ken, one of the first words they would use is busy. All right. And I've got to guard myself on that, that I am not too busy to spend time with my Lord. All right. um, And just a couple other quick things here. One is that the Lord talks about him coming back as the bridegroom. And we are the bride. And it always amazes me. I, we just got an invitation for our oldest grandson getting married. And they told us a year ago that maybe not, maybe a half a year ago, but it's going to be over a year before they actually get married. I think it's about a year and a half from the time that they actually got engaged. You know what that bride will do during that entire 18 months? Michelle, do you know what that bride will do during that, that entire time? Can think of nothing else, right? Can think of nothing else except preparing for that bridegroom and that marriage, right? It it's amazes, amazes me that they'll spend the entire 18 months just talking about, and, and, and that's where the Lord wants us to be. He wants us to be prepared. He's coming back. Um, and, and we need to be prepared. Um, oh, and then, before we get to communion, one last thing. John :657 says, "Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me." So, so what are we feeding on? What are we feeding on? What are we spending our time doing? Are we spending the time on Facebook? Are we spending too much time watching football? Are we, I mean, I don't want to condemn it. I mean, you can spend time on Facebook? You can, I spend time watching football. but if that's taking your time away from the Lord, that's a concern. That, 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 that Facebook and that um, um, watching football and stuff didn't take you away from preparing, did it? No. No, you were focused and you were focused and you would talk to her and that's what she would talk about, right? We had to be focused. Men, Hosea ten thirteen says, you have eaten the fruit of deception because you've defend, depended on your own strength. We cannot do this on our own strength, men. Men and women, but I'll say men um, because we're, we're so... Um, Self sufficient, or we think we are. We cannot do this. One quick thing. I remember, and this just come to mind. I was in a men's group, men over at uh, Jeff's house, and there were a couple of guys that sat on the couch. They, that was their spot, man. They always sat on the couch. And they would talk about how they wanted to fight the devil. And I would tell them, You need the Holy Spirit in you. You can't fight it yourself. And they would, oh, we want to fight that devil. We just just bring him, bring him on. And, you know, part of it, they're pulling my chain a little bit. But they they would do this about every other time. They would talk about, well, one of them got chewed up and spit out by the devil. There's no question. I don't know where the other one is at this point. We cannot do this on our own. We need to spend time with the Lord. We need to have the Holy Spirit in us. Um, If I could have the gentleman come up now. And you too, Jeff. (laughs) okay let's pray dear father we just thank you we thank you uh, uh, for how much you love us this gift of life that you have given us and let us not forget it we just ask that you would um, just minister to each of us as we as we take your body and your blood In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. I'll take the bread. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this when you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Okay. As I said, there were two things. Spending time with the Lord. And I'm gonna go ahead and, like I said, I didn't read many scriptures, but now you're gonna bear with me. I'm gonna read some scriptures. to drive home a point. John 16, seven. Let me start with uh, five. Now I'm going to him, this is Jesus. Now I'm going to him who sent me. Yet none of you asked me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you're filled with grief. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I'm going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And then you go to the end of the book of Luke. John twenty four forty nine. I am going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. And then right following that, we jump into Jesus is gone. And in Acts 2, there's the promise. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That's what you heard here this morning, was the speaking in tongues from the Holy Spirit. But it didn't stop there. So we go to Acts 8, verse 14. When the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them. And when they arrived, they prayed that they might receive the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them. They had simply been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. Then Peter and John placed their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, right after that, it says Simon. They're talking about Simon the sorcerer. Saw that the Spirit was given to the lay, given at the laying on of hands of the apostles' hands, and so he offered them money. And he said, "Give me this ability." <clears throat> now he, of course, got scolded for that because um, you can't you can't buy the gift of the Holy Spirit that way. But how did what what did Simon see? And and I think what he saw there, and and what most believe is, is that they were they were speaking in tongues. It doesn't specifically state that, um, but we can jump over here to Acts 10. And in Acts 10, this is where Peter um, had the vision, and the Lord was calling him to go talk to Cornelius, a Gentile, and. And Peter had a big issue with that because he's always um, tried to keep himself from being defiled. And, but the Lord just told him, no, you need to go there because this person is praying. And this is when they went ahead and, and recognized that, hey, this, this Holy Spirit is not just for the Jews, uh, but it is for us Gentiles also. And uh, if you go to, uh, you don't need to go there, but in Acts 10, verse 41, while Peter, so so he's made it to the house of Cornelius, he's talking to the family there in Cornelius, and he says, and it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all of them who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. So there's just another example. I'm going to give you one more. I'm going into Acts 19. At the beginning there, while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road to the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and he asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? when you believed, and they answered, no, we've not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues, and they prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So I, I, I give you those different verses for two reasons. One is to show that people talk about that the Holy Spirit died with the apostles, but there, there is nothing in the word. There's one verse that they use to kind of stretch that. Nothing in the word that really says that. We need this Holy Spirit, all right? And, and we need, and, and so we're gonna go ahead, and I'm gonna open up the, uh, the front here, and we're just gonna go ahead and do exactly what they talked about here, is laying hands for anybody who, if you've, if you've received the Holy Spirit before, and you want a re-infilling, I mean, we need the Holy Spirit every day of our lives. If you've never received the Holy Spirit, and the goal is not to, I mean, this way I was kind of trained, the goal is to uh, speak in tongues. That is not the goal. All right, you walk away from here and you're not speaking in tongues. Nobody's judging anybody. That, that's not our goal. What is our goal? Our goal is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the power of the Holy Spirit. That unchurched group out there they need to see, we, we know that people can get um, demon-possessed for some reason. We, have, we don't have any problem gas, grasping that. We have a problem grasping that we can be Holy Spirit-possessed and filled, and, and that's what we need. We need to have that Holy Spirit, all right? Now, I'd say nothing about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues, I, I tell you what, I've received the gift of the Holy Spirit decades ago, and I spent too much time not speaking in tongues. I'm every day now speaking in tongues of the power that's there. I'll give you one quick example. I got sick right before Thanksgiving. I missed my Thanksgiving dinner. Thank you, wife, for cooking me that 17 pound turkey yesterday to make up for that. But uh, I miss Thanksgiving because of that. Typically what happens, I get a little bug in my throat. Everybody's a little different. I get a little bug in my throat and And I recognize it, and i and I can start rebuking it and most times i I can be successful there, so we need to we need to take the power of the Lord and speak over things. this time it was different and and it went to my head and 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 literally was just pounding and I had this and and my wife had had went out, she came back for some medicine, she laid hands on me i i was she said, "What are you doing?" I was just moaning and groaning out loud for like a couple of hours, I mean just like, I couldn't like hardly stop myself. It, it felt like it was a relief, but but it wasn't a relief because it didn't end. And I just kept doing that, and it was just like, and, and it just kept getting worse in my head. And, and I thought about calling the elders, and then it hit me like I is one. Um, so. <laughs> so so I said, well I better take what I've learned and, and start, uh, and so. I've went ahead, and ever since, I don't know if some of you remember this, but years ago, right before, and this is why I know it was the Lord, it was two or three times before COVID happened that pastor would get up here, and he would start wanting to preach from Psalm 91, um, and then he would switch gears, and and then he reminded us, like, hey, the Lord wanted me to preach. So, Psalm 91 is basically a prayer of protection. So, He talked about praying that every day. I've been praying that every day now for almost three years. So I prayed that. Instead of moaning, I said we might as well pray. So I prayed that. And then I went to speaking in tongues. And I just spoke and I said instead of moaning, groaning. And here was my logic. My logic was that I got this Holy Spirit that lives in me. Now I've got this unholy sickness that wants to share time in my body. No, no, that ain't happening. So what am I gonna feed on? What am I going to feed on, right? So, I fed on the Holy Spirit. I've never had this happen before. Instantly, that headache left me. Instantly. Now, I had symptoms after that with some coughing and stuff for a few days, but that headache that was the worst, that was gone, all right? This is real, okay? We're going to invite you up here. Let me see if I miss a... Oh, let me give you one more verse, all right? So... What, so what, what's the deal with the speaking in tongues? Speaking in tongues is your connection. Sometimes we don't know how to even pray ourselves. So the Lord gives us this, this speaking in tongues where we can go ahead and do that. Um, that. Our goal is to have the power, all right? The speaking in tongues is a confirmation. When I was in the church like this and they were called and I knew I was supposed to go up and I knew I received the Holy Spirit, I did not speak in tongues. I got into my car in the parking lot, 15 minute ride home, I spoke in tongues the entire ride home. So, and my wife, she could not receive in a setting like this because at the church we were at, she was feeling that they were pushing her down. They laid hands and they were pushing her down. So she went ahead and just one night said, Lord, if this is real, fill me with your Holy Spirit. And he did, didn't he? It overwhelmed Jen. She's been speaking in tongues ever since. Um, We need that. All right. Luke 11, 9-13. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. He who seeks, finds. To him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if you ask for a fish... Uh, If your son asks for a fish, will you give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will you give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So if you are hungry, we are inviting you up right now. I beseech you to come up. We are going to lay hands. Pastor, if you want to come on up. Pam, Charlie, Jeff and Evie, if you feel led. um, We'd ask, if you've never been filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in tongues, come on up. If you have been and you want a refilling, the church needs this. We need to be spending time with the Lord. We need the filling of the Holy Spirit. We're going to lay hands on you to... I don't know if anything weirds going to happen. What we want is that the power of the Holy Spirit will come upon you. We need that power. So come on up.